Abed and all hope listeners, you're listening to Radio Grognard, the OSR podcast about stuff with your host, Glenn Hallstrom. Hi folks, Old Man Grognard here. Happy Friday. Hope you're all doing well. I am. It's a, well, it starts out kind of bad and then it gets sunny. Who knows what goes on around here. Had the Thursday game last night as usual. And then we got a Monday, my Monday game. That's going to be the last session of Astonishing Swordsman for a couple of weeks because I got to start writing and playtesting my game on for North Texas RPG Con, which will be Mutant Future, complete with pre-gens. I found a website where I can do pre-gens really easy, so I'm going to be using that as a resource. But I wanted to talk a bit more about arch enemies and kind of elaborate on what we can do with them. I'm just going to sort of go off the top of my head as I usually do. Now, okay, say you've, you're a few sessions into the campaign and you've pretty much set up how things are stacking up as far as opponents and things like that. And say you've got an arch enemy. Okay, what do they do? How do they get around these, these characters? Now, it could be one of various ways. I wanted to say one of two ways, but I think there's more than two, but I'll just use two. There's one where... The villain, the archenemy, say he's he relates to the the PCs in a weird way or a different way. Not really relates, but more like, yeah, he's got their number. And so he starts to insidiously interfere with them in certain ways. He could actually be actually when I remember I said when it gets to the point where it thinks that he's cause everything, you can do stuff like have a totally unrelated plot going on with some some baddies over there trying to stop it, and he pops up as like a third wheel, something you didn't expect. That it just out of the blue. Well, where did he come from? For a totally different reason. Could be maybe he's trying to get whatever they got first. Or he's just messing with them, and later on he tends to, you know, throw a spanner in the works, technically. And there's the other type of arch-villain where it just seems like every time he has plans, every time he wants to use his organization or himself or something like that, the PCs are always getting in the way for one reason or another. I used to see you see that in Marvel comics a lot. In fact, there was a, and it still may may still go on. I know Doctor Doom has on his hit list Spider Man, because a lot of times when he's fighting the Fantastic Four or something like that, Spider Man just happens to be there and gets in the way, and he's like a constant annoyance to him. It was the same thing with. Kingpin, Wilson Fisk. He used to be a main Spider-Man villain and a pretty good one too until Daredevil showed up on the scene and started messing with his stuff. And then all of a sudden, and he got a lot darker with with Daredevil than he did with Spider-Man. Spider-Man was more action. Daredevil was more like, okay, how can I ruin your life? Because he's got an end to it. Also, you got to think about the villain's resources. How does the Joker managed to pull out pull off all these elaborate plans against Batman and Gotham City. In fact, they've addressed that in a few stories. Who's backing him? How does he get money? There were times when he was broke 
And, well, that's kind of a motivation to rob banks and stuff, but he wants to do it with panache. And so, you know, how does how does that happen? How does, how does he manage to find a nice hideout and such like this? And if the villain is any kind of smart, he will hook up with these heroes. If he's the kind of guy who's like, okay, I got to get these people out of the way. They're really cramping my style. And they're just a nuisance, and I know how they tick, or he can figure out how they tick, and do things specifically to get under their skin. You know what I mean? Maybe he there. Maybe there is a a PC with a family. He can attack the family. He can set a trap. He can do things like that. Say they're looking for a MacGuffin, a a big hoo ha MacGuffin, and he knows this. And he's going to go and try and get it first. So they have to come to him for it, and then he can exact his whatever. Revenge, what have you. Who knows? So if you've got a villain who is smart like that, it's a real boon because I've seen, I've seen numerous, I've seen movies, comic books, TV shows, where the villain is always one step ahead of the heroes. And if he's an arch enemy, it's really going to get to him. But I want to go into that in the next episode. So you have villain with resources. You have villain with no resources. And it just mean it just means that he's, say, they're going after that MacGuffin and say he wants the MacGuffin for another reason. They don't even know he's involved. They find out later he's involved. And if he goes to this high mucky muck who has it where they're trying to get it, and he gets there first and talks the guy into giving it to him or fights the guy or whatever, you could have a nice three-way battle with him. You really could. And especially if the high mucky muck you're trying to got minions and all kinds of guards, get them. No, come over here. I want that thing. You can't stop me. And then there's like a three. There's just a free for all, a big old free for all. And that's some of the way, some of the ways the villains can work. You could always plan the adventure around the villain, or he could just be there working on something else. And the heroes crash in because what he's working on just happens to be in the way of what they need to get to save the world or save a kingdom or whatever. A king has his daughter kidnapped. He sends the PCs after him. He finds out later that the guy who kidnapped him was working for the big, for the, for the arch enemy or the arch enemy gets wind of, as I said before, he gets wind of it. He goes and rescues her and re-kidnaps her. And so they have to follow him. It turns into a wild goose chase, which is, which is kind of fun. I like those kind of games where they're going from one place to another. They're doing that in Astonishing Stories right now, although they don't have an arch enemy per se, although they may have one soon. Well, if it wasn't for the fact that they have this bad habit of killing them outright. But, you know, like comic books, villains don't really stay dead if you don't want them to. So that's a hint, guys, if you guys from my Monday group is listening, are listening to this show. So we will see what we will see. Anyway, that gives you some kind of go, go-to go for the villain and how he can affect the player characters. There are other ways, too. And if you got any, if you want to tell me about them, drop me an email at oldmangrognar at gmail.com. Or you can send me a voicemail at Anchor. 
And as little as 99 cents a month, you can help support this program through Anchor. And I would thank you. And I again thank Oliver Dorje, Wendell Jessen. John, oh, I'm sorry, guys. I do this every time. Jonathan Dorje, Wendell Jessen, and Oliver Shriek, who I just put a friend request in on Facebook, for supporting me. And I thank you. And so until I see you guys next time, keep the dice warm, and I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Questions? Comments? Send them to oldmangrognard at gmail.com. We'll see you next time when Radio Grognard is on the air. Mm-hmm.